Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 135 of Robots on Typewriters. 135. 135. 13579. Yep. I was just saying to Justin that I, whenever we record, I get very hot and sweaty, and I had put on a turtleneck today, but then I thought to change so I didn't get hot and sweaty in my turtleneck and I like put my hair up and put on a tank top and I'm like moving my shoulders as if I'm like getting ready to work out right now like I, this is giving me a different physical energy than I we ask that have. you also the listener get involved in this physical energy stand yeah. up move around even if you're uh you know in, if car, you're in your bed stand up oh. <laughs> stand up do not yeah, press no. uh, Wherever pause you are. on the car is what I was going to say. <laughs> Open the sunroof. Stick your head out real far. Got to put my car in pause. Pause your car. <laughs> uh, Wherever you yeah, are. This is a, this is a very uh, active, lively podcast. Yeah. It's Robots on Typewriters. But what yeah. is Robots on Typewriters? I don't know. Why don't you ask yourself? Justin, asshole. what is Robots on Typewriters? I'm glad you asked, Justin. Uh, I, I can't even, I, I, I'm really bad at saying my own name. I guess you don't say your own I, name very often. I feel that. I, yeah, anyway. I have to say my name a lot when I, um, answer the phone and I, I, I don't think I say my name right. Uh, I thought you meant every time you answer the phone, you have to say your name a lot. Like this is Alice. Allison, Allison. No, I'm always like, hello, this is Allison. And it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right at all. Anyway. Anyway, what is Robots on Typewriters? I'm glad I, I asked know. me. It's a podcast about computational creativity, artificial intelligence, machine learning, random number generation, algorithms, data, big data, little data, in-between-sized data, and how we use those things for creative purposes to enhance human creativity or sometimes trying to trick those algorithms (laughs) into being creative on their own. Have we ever said algorithms? Yeah, that no, algorithms is uh, Al Gore's Isms. book of quotes. <laughs> yeah, okay, anyway, go on. Uh, algorithms is his first album. <laughs> uh, yeah, so on this podcast, we have two segments, both of which were named by a random word generator. The first of which is called the Zesty Hat, where we highlight some computational creativity from around the internet. And in our second segment, the Trashy Toy, we play a game of our own creation using some of the tools that we talk about on this program. This week, it's my turn for a zesty hat, and I have a, a little two-parter. Um, mm. This is some like AI in the news to start, and it follows Ooh. off of my last hat about uh, Switch, the Google, uh, the big Google large language model. So Google had uh, two co-leads of the. Um, an ethical AI team. And the idea was that when they're doing these big AI projects like Transformers and these sorts of things, or Switch. You know. Oh my God, shut oh? up. <laughs> what did you she find? She heard her name. <laughs> the Goog Lady. The Goog uh, Lady. When the G word uh, has these large uh, AI projects, their idea was to have an ethics team that would also uh, investigate how they can do these big projects ethically. They had two co-lead ethicists, Margaret Mitchell and Timnit Gebru, uh, who were both fired this week. Oh? Um, Apparently, they committed the offense of 
working on a paper about the dangers of using large language models. Um, <laughs> the president of Google Brain, uh, the vice president of Google Brain, Megan Cacholia, um, apparently complained uh, that the article needed to be retracted. The ethics team was not happy about that, that they said, you know, this is our whole damn job. Um, mm -hmm. And the Google AI division has decided to terminate their ethics oh department. My God. Oh, good. They, that sounds while like they a go great ahead thing and, uh, to do right now. Yeah, exactly. This is, it seems perfect that you just launched the largest language model like by, <laughs> by a, an order of magnitude. And now the people who are saying this might be dangerous uh, are kicked to the curb. Great. Um, good, 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 so it's good. it's been a problem for a while that Facebook has a pretty uh, loose handle on ethics and AI, and people were nervous about their use of uh, like large language models and their use of like the the development of their chatbot and all this sorts of thing uh, because they didn't have an AI or they didn't have an eth AI ethics division kind of looking mm -hmm. after how these things were being used, um, and they've you know committed some pretty heinous uh, acts of. Uh, letting people see completely different realities through Facebook already. Mm -hmm. So their ethical problems are already kind of laid bare. Um, and a lot of people in the AI community um, actually don't like using PyTorch, one of the big AI kind of frameworks, um, because it has uh, it was developed by Facebook and it's still sort of like, um, it, like updated by Facebook. So the other mm -hmm. big one you can use is TensorFlow, which is made mm -hmm. by Google. Uh, but now the two big uh, AI frameworks are made by the two big bad unethical AI teams. So, oh, so what good. do we do? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't really have like a a major like. Here's you what should happen. You haven't solved this problem. Yeah, I have not solved that the major uh, AI. Is that firms not the that other little hat that you had this week? Your oh yeah, my other hat is I've uh, established a UN working committee <laughs> right. on uh, ethics and AI. No. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the big tech companies are being uh, exactly what you would expect them to be. They're trying to leverage all of their uh, talent and computer resources into making AI a purely profit driven tool and uh mm. you know to hell with the ethical implications of it mm -hmm. so that sucks that really mm -hmm. sucks <laughs> speaking mm -hmm. of um <laughs> the sucking? ethics of using ai so sometimes um i think we kind of gloss over i think it's kind of like a, a received wisdom that like ai can be used badly or can you know disadvantage people um, and sometimes we touch on how that is but i think a lot of times there's not really good concrete examples of how uh, AI can harm people, but there was actually a really great example that was uh, going around on Twitter, um, at least in the, the circles that I follow. Janelle Shane was retweeting it. Um, this was some research done by BR Recherche, um, a German uh, public broadcasting company, and they wanted to do some research on a new um, AI that a startup was hyping up that was used for recruiting uh, people to hire or used to, uh, you basically, the, the hiring company says they give a couple of questions to a candidate or uh, a firm that wants to hire someone using this platform can write a few questions and the candidate can record some videos answering those questions and their AI can read um, your face and your movements and that sort of thing 
to generate a personality score or a, a personality mm-hmm. uh, report about that person. So BR Researcher had some actors come in and they decided to make some new videos of interviews to see how the AI would handle uh, some different conditions. So this was, let me make sure I have the right uh, startup to rag on before I throw the wrong company (laughs) under the bus. This is, the startup is called Rotorio. um, And yeah, so you basically make a three minute video of yourself answering um, the interview question. And then it gives you your big five personality score. So the big five personality traits are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Um, And yeah, so they had an actress read uh, or deliver her answer. And then they had her just deliver the exact same answer and like the exact same kind of everything about her delivery, except she put on some glasses. um, And the the same three minute video produced a much different personality score just by wearing glasses. (laughs) Oh my God. Then they had her uh, do the exact same thing and uh, tie her hair up or put her hair uh, under like a headscarf. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yet another personality score Um, this time. So the glasses one was (laughs) slightly, not that there's like a good and bad personality, but if you were hiring, you probably want someone who's like highly conscientious and not very neurotic. Um, Mm -hmm depending on the job, I guess. But <laughs> if you take that to be like the good and bad for getting this job, glasses was slightly worse than neutral. Headscarf uh-huh. was like much better than neutral. Oh, um, okay. And the BR researcher asked the the uh, company, the startup, Rotorio, what they thought about this. And they said, well, it's just like a normal job interview. These factors <laughs> are taken into account for the assessment. That doesn't happen on demand, though. There's no pressure. They can appear, none of the pressure that can appear in talking to real people. So they're trying to say, you know, you're going to be judged on your appearance in a real interview, but this makes it like a a low pressure environment. (laughs) They also had some psychologists and uh, researchers comment on this. So Uwe Kanning, a professor of business psychology from the University of Honestbrook, said, uh, they should actually be able to filter out this information. <laughs> um, <laughs> that if you're using software to to do your hiring process, the the whole idea of it is that it would be um, used to not make the same errors in judgment that like a human would make. Right. Um, so yeah, just the idea that like glasses <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> changes the personality that much seems bad. Um, They then had some more videos they tried out, one where someone had a blank background and another where he had just like a a framed photo in the background or like Mm -hmm. a framed like little piece of art in the background. Um, And yeah, the art in the background gave like a much higher, much more positive personality score than a blank background. They then again did like a Zoom virtual background of a bookshelf and that had an even more positive score on this personality (laughs) test. (laughs) Um, it's so wild that it's like the rationale is like look you're gonna be judged on your appearance but wouldn't you rather a robot do it than a real person like yeah that was the most shocking part of this investigation to me that i think so crazy i think anyone could have guessed that like an ai like this would have some funny results based on different visual cues like that Uh, they also just like changed the white balance of the camera or like made it like Mm. a brighter room versus a less bright room um, and yeah, brighter room was much more positive personality than less bright room. Right. Um, and yeah, again, the, I think the most like stunning part of this whole uh, project wasn't that 
the AI would have problems like this. It's that the company is so like not so self-aware about it. what they're yeah. doing that I think if they had really, uh, you know, uh, aware responses of saying, well, yeah, you're supposed to use this as part of like a, a holistic tool. Um, if you know that the AI has problems like this, you will kind of discount how much you're weighing it when you're interviewing people or using it to interview right. people. Uh, but we still think it gives you something useful. Maybe something like right. that would defend them a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but there's all these quotes throughout the article saying like, well, it's completely up to the candidates to decide how they want to record and shoot the interview and they can post whatever <laughs> version kidding. they're happy with. If you just do exactly what the AI is going to think is best, then, you know, that's up to you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, if you just learn to trick you this just AI. Fucking do it right, then you won't have a problem, idiot. Yeah, this was a, a, a really good article, really well written and like really cutting um, in, mm -hmm. I guess, a particularly German way <laughs> that like quotes are just put <laughs> right next to each other, where there's like a quote from the, uh, there'll be a quote from the startup and then immediately a quote from like a, a computer scientist or a psychologist <laughs> like, or whatever. That's fucking wrong. Yeah, basically saying like, yeah, these tech bros don't know what they're talking about and are making wow. themselves sound extremely foolish. Really good. Um, yeah, but this is just like a, a minor example of like, I think the obvious thing you would think after this is like, oh, I wonder how if it's that bad with like the your bookshelf or your whether you're wearing glasses i wonder how it does with different races and genders um yeah. they didn't get into that investigation oh I think, okay it's I probably they, fine then yeah exactly i think they wanted to almost like spare the company of that uh embarrassment <laughs> yeah. by saying like you you the you, listener you the reader you know. can make out uh how bad this would be for other biases if like yeah. the old bookshelf bias is coming through that strongly yeah. Oh my god. Um, and they also have some some really good uh, quotes from computer scientists and uh, psychologists and AI ethicists kind of people about like how AI should be better regulated because uh, mm -hmm. if it's just you know startup bros selling this to people that like people who don't understand this selling it to people who don't understand this uh, and our world right. is dictated by whether the AI thinks you're cute. Um, <laughs> we're we're headed down a bad road. Yeah. Uh, you can find this by, um, I think if you Google like BR uh, hiring algorithm or something like that, you can find it. It's on uh, BR.de, the uh, German public broadcasting company, BR. So yeah, great little uh, wow. bit of investigative journalism by uh, Elisa Harlan and Oliver Schnook. Hey, I don't know about you, but it sounds like we're in great shape right now. Just you know, as a as a society in general. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> this was a really harrowing. Like, this wasn't really a computational creativity <laughs> corner. This is more just like the state of fear. AI, and the state of AI is just like absolutely on fire right now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going so good. Uh, <laughs> but this is why you know using uh, AI purely for comedy and entertainment yeah. and creativity i think is the only way that's like permissible to use it yeah yeah so i think yeah bottom line of this hat the the moral of the story is we're doing everything right here on robots and typewriters yeah i mean the second uh we start getting like you know if we start doing like a hello fresh ad then it's all gone mm. to hell because now yeah. we're using ai to generate profit and you know yeah. that's the problem here yep Anyway, yeah, so uh, on to our sponsors for this week, uh, HelloFresh. 
Blue Apron. <laughs> Fuck HelloFresh. Yeah, Blue Apron, actually. You'll know it's gone downhill if we get to HelloFresh, but uh, for this week, it's Blue Apron. No, we <laughs> do not have any sponsors, but that, well, yeah, thank you for that that harrowing hat. Love those. Always love them when they're harrowing. Um, and we're, yeah, it's time to move on into our trashy toy where we are just going to play with some computational creativity and uh, let all our worries fly away um and uh <laughs> sponsoring us this week is headspace uh, <laughs> no um this episode is going out the week of march 2nd jokes on you i got behind on editing so it came out a week after that what do you think of when you hear the date march 2nd hmm i think of my brand new casper mattress that i just <laughs> Uh, I, well, that's, you know, me too, but I also think of, um, first of all, it's my dad's birthday. I'm surprised you didn't think of that. I really was hoping you would have, uh, you know, known my dad's birthday. Yet another year I've forgotten your dad's birthday. (laughs) But, um, it's also, I, I felt the words I have no idea what day it is if you're waiting for me to jump in and say. No, no, I, I hesitated because I almost said Doctor Who instead of Dr. Seuss. It's... (laughs) Um, it's Dr. Seuss's birthday. March 2nd was always the year, the year, the day in school growing up that it was like Dr. Seuss day and we would do wacky Dr. Seuss things. I, I don't know how that many being schools a did thing, that, but, but I would like, have never known did. that that was a uh, March 2nd. I think I only remembered because it is also my dad's birthday. And gotcha. so in my head, I was always like, oh, he has the same birthday as Dr. Seuss. I actually really um, like uh, switching Dr. Who and Dr. Seuss now. So like that was the day <laughs> at school we would do like weird Dr. Who stuff. <laughs> stuff. I didn't know Not what anything it was G, like there's a uh, super <laughs> Seuss lockers, but <laughs> super Seuss lock is God just about the worst concept I've ever heard. Um, but uh, yeah, it is. Um, it's Doctor Seuss I Day. I do not. I would not eat them, uh, Mister. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, came right out of my head. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like Dean or Sam. Oh, very good. Something that was like very that. good. Um. Yeah, so um, I thought, um, you know, I it, honestly, it's been a really long time since I have, like, even, con- like, I honestly couldn't tell you what Dr. Seuss books even sound like. Like, I do know, but I... I couldn't really, tell you. I, I, but I, I would have to kill you. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, uh, I feel like... Um, we could always, uh, I feel like we could use, a, you know, kind of a new Dr. Seuss for the modern day. Um, you know, someone who is, um, you know, like a, a Dr. Seuss for a, for a new generation. Um, Isn't that what Peppa Pig is now? Um, I honestly don't know anything about Peppa Pig. You tell uh, me. I, I think it's just, you know, I children's think, dribble I mean, kind yeah, of TV. There's children's media, but... There's uh, something, you know, something special about the whimsy of Dr. Seuss, and I feel like that whimsy also is, you know, perfectly lends itself to the to the kind of um, world and characters that AI often uh, generates. So we're going to play a variation on our game, uh, Star Maker, um, that we're calling um, Seuss Maker today, and we're going to kind of, uh, my thought was that I've got a bunch of um, book titles and names of characters that I have created using gpt2 simple and also um talk to transformer which is a little tool that we haven't used in a really long time because i think it was out of commission for a while
while, and it seems like it's back. Um, and uh, we are going to, I've got a list of, of titles and characters here, and I thought we could, um, you know, just go through some of these, some of these and um, talk about the career of a, of a Dr. Seuss for the, for the 21st century. This sounds fantastic. I also wanted to, uh, I think we've been like getting, we, we, I don't think we fully explain what these tools are anymore because we oh, use them yeah. every week. So yeah. I want to start trying to make a better effort to like say, so GPT-2 is a large language model made by OpenAI. Um, a large language model is a, uh, an AI program that can generate language and Allison used Max Wolf's uh, special Python library called GPT-2 Simple that lets you train GPT-2 to make text uh, that's similar to whatever text you gave it. So she gave it a bunch of Dr. Seuss uh, titles and characters and then talked to Transformer. Uh, do you do you have it up? Do you have who made that? I, I do have it up. Um, yeah. So it actually now um the information is a little bit different. Um, it it says now it's a limited demo of Inferkit, which I believe oh. is like the product that the um it, like Inferkit is now like the the company that um has made Talk to Transformer and Inferkit is like an actual. Um, it's an, you know, text generation tool that they're selling for money, but talk to transformer is like the, the free version of it. And, um, you, um, basically you give it a prefix, you can put any kind of like prompt in there. Um, it's, uh, pretty, pretty short prompt. It can't be super long. Um, and then you just hit generate and it produces a little bit of text, um, following the prompt you gave it. So it's good for lists. So I gave it, um, you know, lists of, um, character names and book titles from Dr. Seuss and just let it, um, continue, uh, uh, you know, continue those lists with, with its own generations. Um, it's a, Talk to Transformer is a really, really easy tool to use. So if, you know. Yeah, even if you don't know anything about, like, AI or whatever, if you just, like, type some stuff and hit enter, it will make more stuff like what you type. I actually actually just learned it doesn't use a uh, gpt2 did you know what that? does it learn it uses I mean, megatron use? <laughs> 11b oh who is that uh the largest publicly available model that's facebook's oh. big 11 billion parameter model oh okay wild did so not know it's that. uh it's bigger than gpt2 smaller than gpt3 maybe it's bigger than gpt3 or it's around the same size and then yeah yeah, not not nearly as big as switch yet but switch is not public yeah um so yeah so that all being said let's uh let's start uh let's let's create a new seuss let's seuss it up i got new seuss i count (laughs) them um yeah, so I feel like, yeah, there's um, the way, because the, the list of, of books that I had um, had the year they were published after them. So all of these, for the most part, have years, but I feel like they're to be disregarded. Right. <laughs> I, I see one that's really standing out to me. Oh, tell me. It's Lorax 2, <laughs> yep. The Manhattan Project. Yeah, this um, is a really interesting concept. Can you remind me, an idiot, what exactly The Manhattan Project is? I, like, do know but don't know. Sure. The Manhattan Project was started during World War II when the uh, when America thought we, we don't really want to get involved in a war, um, so nuclear warfare nuclear weapons were just being uh just kind of a new topic of research in europe Mm, and in america so they said what if we could develop a nuclear weapon that would instantly end the war so we don't have to you know 
physically fight in it. Uh, so they <laughs> secretly gathered a bunch of scientists in the desert and made them research this. And that was right. the Manhattan okay. Project. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, uh, it wouldn't be the worst Lorax sequel in a way. It definitely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might be, but it, um, you know, definitely has the same kind of like, uh, you know, humans uh, creating terrible things that will do terrible things to the world uh, kind of idea. Are you familiar with the Butter Battle book? No. That was a Dr. Seuss book. I I was a fan of it. I I remember it being a weird one. Like, I think I liked it when I was like getting a little too old for uh, Dr. Seuss, but I I recognize like something's off about this one. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then I liked it better looking back that it was basically an allegory for nuclear proliferation or... uh, Yeah, that it was about two kind of like rival factions that were like building larger and larger butter based weapons to throw back and forth at each other Um, (laughs) oh my god yeah and it was basically saying that yeah you know if you're having an arms race with weapons that can eventually destroy everyone um it's bad right okay so lorax 2 is kind of in the same i mean yeah it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility yeah i think it's uh it's among dr seuss's uh passionate uh topics that he would want to well in this case it's not like the manhattan project isn't all nuclear weapons right that's like the the start of them so lorax 2 would have to be like a period piece where the lorax is like descending in on the the scientists like meeting or whatever and saying like stop (laughs) please i don't remember what the lorax is like i mean i I do know he's the the little guy yes yeah He's like, this has gone way too... This I don't even know about this stuff, guys. Um, do you see any... Um, <laughs> do you see any characters in the uh, in the character list that would have been like the Onceler in this uh, in this story? I know the Onceler has become something uh, of its own, but uh, we're talking the literary Onceler here. I, I kind of feel like No Neck Dick is like. <laughs> The name for like you know the middle manager kind of boss of the mm. whole project like he's Connected. a he's a bureaucrat from Washington that's telling mm. the scientists yeah, yeah, they yeah. need to keep working. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very sinister image. Yeah. So what what is the plot? The Lorax just shows up to like a I don't even know <laughs> I don't know how scientists work. Is there like a lab? <laughs> I I literally work in a lab with know. other scientists. <laughs> Is there like a lab or something? Do they have like coffee? I don't know. Uh, yeah, the Lorax just like walks into the lab and is like, you know, you don't do this. You're gonna ruin the world. I'm yeah. the Lorax. You're girl. You're my pearls. Aw, yeah. <laughs> you're my pearls. Pearls yeah. of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And then they. How does the actual Lorax end? Is it like? dismal does it like end bad i don't I feel like it does i feel like, like it's like no one spoke for the trees and now yeah. look what happened yeah so um yeah does the is this one this is how the lorax could still win or does it also end bad <laughs> yeah i think at the end of this when the lorax says look upon my works ye mighty in despair <laughs> wait that's not what he says what? i am become death destroyer of worlds what is that that's what J. Robert Oppenheimer, the head oh. of the Manhattan Project, said when the first nuclear bomb was uh, 
blown up. And it was a (laughs) quote from the Bhagata Veda about the end of the world. Oof. So yeah, I think the Lorax sees that and is like, yeah, the world's ending. Everything's bad. Yeah, so this, so yeah, I feel like this makes sense that a new like a, a, a Dr. Seuss for these times would be, you know, a lot more um a lot more political head on um and yeah. uh you know, saying it like it is. Kids um, back in the 60s and 70s could understand, you know, subtlety and nuance, but right. Kids nowadays, <laughs> you just got to spoon feed it to them. You know, there's there's some <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued by um A. A. Milne's farewell to arms. <laughs> <laughs> I looked right past that one. Yeah, that is um something's yeah. going on there. So I don't know if that's like uh I, I, I don't know. Um is this a book ab- like about A. A. Milne? I don't what was what was he like? I know he made Winnie the Pooh. I think he Yeah. I don't think he was like notable. I think he just kinda like made that yeah kind of quietly for the real Christopher Robin, and then it became famous. Um, And do you know, did you ever read A Farewell to Arms? Nope. I did not, but I think it was anti-war as well. I mean, it was Hemingway, so like it must have been... It wasn't pro-war, right? Like, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was um, just like you know, World War One sucks. That's well, of this thing. is well. So, Farewell to Arms was about World War One, and A. A. Milne fought in World War One. Oh, okay. Do you think this is a, a retelling <laughs> of like, what's the uh, what was that movie about? Like the making of Mary Poppins. You know, that uh, thing? Uh, Walter Mitty. <laughs> Yeah, the secret life of Walter Mitty. Um, um, uh, I keep wanting to say a farewell to arms because there's like <laughs> a goodbye a word. No, 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 no. It's saving Mr. Banks. I got it. I saving it like goodbye Banks. something. Yeah. I think that and Walter Mitty came out at the same time, and I didn't see I either so. of them. Yeah. But I so thought you just that... assumed they were the same. Well, I knew that one of the man's <laughs> name movies is about Mary Poppins, and I was today years old when I learned it's not Walter Mitty. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, saving Mr. Banks. Yeah, um, so I think this is that that it's like okay, you know yeah, a telling yeah. about the how A. A. Milne came to write Winnie the Wait, Pooh. Wasn't Wait, there was there an the a. Winnie a. Milne... the Pooh movie? That... <laughs> there, was a, there was another. There was an A. A. Milne story reason. <laughs> Wait, yeah. hang on. One with like the ugly, ratty Winnie the Pooh. Ew, yeah. Just hold on. Oh God. All right. Well, this is that again. <laughs> This is what that was based on. But this is also more on the nose anti-war. That movie was called Goodbye Christopher Robin. Oh, wow. This is all coming together. (laughs) Or is this something? There were a lot of... Maybe this is is like the... After the success of Farewell Christopher Robin, this is like the prequel to it where it's like... Oh, yeah. This is... How A. Milne decided to leave World War I and start writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I decided to leave World War One. You know, That's the armistice had been just, signed, yeah. but he's like, I don't know. Yeah, I got I do like arms. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you got to kill your darlings, so farewell to him. I think one of these characters must have been like the first like kind of concept character that like before Winnie the Pooh was Winnie the Pooh. Like this is yeah. like the Steamboat Willie to Mickey yeah. Mouse. Corky com uh parentheses mr pigeon strikes me as someone who might show up here yeah i think but it fits like... with winnie the pooh that there's like kind of two like <laughs> kind of unrelated equally batshit names happening at the same yeah. time i have another one that i think might have been a proto winnie the pooh and that's waldo woo 
Oh, yeah. You know and what? Re- Porky and Mr. Pigeon were like, you know, Tigger yeah. and Mr. Owl or whatever. Yeah. The reason I included Waldo Woo is because it was right under something that included the word Waterloo in it. And my brain went, Waldo Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Waldo Woo before Winnie the Pooh <laughs> stuck. <laughs> Waldo Woo. <laughs> but then Where's Waldo came out right yeah, at the same time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Where's Waldo and, had been a book for years, but he finally came out. Yeah, he finally came cool. out, yeah. And that's the, because in the in the UK, isn't it, isn't it like Where's Wally? Yeah. Yeah, so I assume that the the um, the UK uh, Waldo, Wally is uh, straight, but the American Canonically Waldo. different characters, yes. yes Wally, yeah. straight. Uh, Actually, Waldo. they're married. <laughs> But, but yeah. Wally is straight and Waldo is queer? I mean, you know, he likes to keep it quiet. All right, well. He's in the yeah. public eye, and it was a different Wal- time. Wally is uh, straight presenting. Yes, yeah, yeah. Waldo is out and proud. R- red and white, the official uh, colors <laughs> of gay pride. Yeah, I love the pride flag. Oh, man, can we make that a thing that, like, red and white is, like, the alternate pride flag? Because Poland right now is really, like, homophobic, and their flag oh. is red and white. Oh, yeah. Let's let's, let's, let's do it. Let's fuck up Poland. Fuck up Poland. So that's A.A. Milne's A Farewell to Arms. This is, yeah, this sounds like a very Dr. Seussian story. <laughs> yeah. <a> lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just a guy getting disillusioned with the war and yeah. then writing silly characters. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an allegory for Dr. Seuss's own self. Yeah. <laughs> Told through the lens of A.A. A. Milne. Yeah. He made yeah. this fictional character called A.A. A. Milne, and then he was like, wait, that's a real guy? What? And then he, yeah, and then he came alive in the way that Winnie the Pooh comes alive for A.A. A. Milne. So oh, it's just... I like that. Yeah. It's two <laughs> levels of, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think uh, the wonderful thing about that melons is? That is the next is? one I was looking at. Yeah. Um, the wonderful thing about melons. I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, is this, uh, I mean, that does hearken the, the, the wonderful thing about Tigger's thing. So is this another book in the A.A. A. Milne um, uh, uh, series? Um, yeah, I think Dr. Seuss, like, after a while just started phoning it in and just was, like, right, copying yeah. Winnie the Pooh books. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is Dr. Seuss dead? He must be, right? Extremely. Extremely? <laughs> Dr. Seuss? I don't know, dude. I feel like he died like 3,000 years ago. He died in 91. So yeah, uh, before we were born. Pretty dead. He's, He's pretty like dead. less dead than I thought, but still yeah. pretty dead. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So the wonderful thing about melons, I feel like what was... Um, there was a whole thing in in Winnie the <laughs> about like rabbit and the like the 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 garden and um what was like it was like rutabagas were a thing. Oh yeah. I think I was very into that as a child for some reason. Just I like gardening. Latched, you mean? <laughs> I like latched onto the character of rabbit. I I don't know why. Um and uh yeah so what i mean maybe the the you know rabbit or the you know whatever character in this proto winnie the pooh universe um was a melon uh gardener you know grew melons rather than okay yeah root vegetables and the tigger analog was also always you know fucking shit up which i assume 
So do you think this like this story is kind of just teaching kids about like the dignity of hard work and like (laughs) don't be a little shit around the melon farmer because he has like a a hard job, but he takes pride in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, Um, um, yeah. Who who are these characters? Now, there's there's a couple on this list that strike me as obvious little shits. um, And one is the Twisted Twins, parenthetical Earl and Jake. Um, oh yeah. Um, so they, they they might be two kind of like um, you know a, a pair of little shits. Um, I think that's a good uh, a good choice by Doctor Seuss to replace. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they'll never realize that this is just Tigger, but a new character. If I put two <laughs> right. characters, two in that of role. them who act exactly the same, yeah. Instead of having one black and orange character, we'll have one character that wears black and one that wears orange. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Hmm. But who would be the the like the rabbit? There's Gasket and Elephant. Um. Maybe. Maybe. I was looking at the. Eh, I don't know. I was looking at great bee works, but oh, okay. Bees are a, a Winnie the Pooh thing. Yeah, I think that might be too. Maybe that's too on the nose that he couldn't have yeah. done that. Chinchilla Park Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Chinchilla Park Ranger, but I think he has another job that's as a true. park ranger. He, you know, I mean, yeah, he can't grow melons in a park. You think it's just like Jordy the deer? Jordy the deer, maybe. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like deers are like, you know, chill, kind of dignified animals. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then the twisted twins show up and the mess with his melon farm. Twisted twins. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think that's a good message for kids. Like, yeah. look, your parents are at work. Just leave them alone. <laughs> it's actually yeah. a really good one for like for work right from now. home. Like, yeah. yeah. Work from home, school from home times where you could be like, yeah, look, yeah, did you read the story? Uh, what I do in there is uh, melon farming. Don't come in <laughs> while I'm farming uh, my melon. my melon farming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't come in while I'm farming melons. Don't come in, we're farming melons in here. <laughs> Mommy and daddy were farming melons last <laughs> night. I feel like I want to get out of the the A.A. Milne verse, but I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, did, well, he did take a break and wrote a, uh, a Leonard Malton-esque film guide <laughs> called Didn't Like the Film. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, he, he wrote like a, like a, just as comprehensive as Leonard Malton's uh, uh, books, too. It was, I, you know, you didn't know that he was such a movie buff until, until that came out. Um, yeah, it was just like an 800-page tome of all of the movies <laughs> yeah. Dr. Seuss didn't like and an explanation right. of why. Yeah, and the thing is, it was like nearly every movie, and he didn't like a single one. Yeah, um, I think it might have been like parody where it was like, The Godfather, too right. long. What's that weird <laughs> language they're speaking in some of right. those scenes? Right, yeah. Oh, I I feel like this one, this is interesting. Whose body? The Body Snatchers. Ooh. So this is, yeah, it pr- sounds a little bit dark and dismal. Um, and it, it very well may be, but maybe not. I don't know. It could be whimsical body snatchers. <laughs> yeah. What would like a whimsical body snatching be? Oh, you know. Uh, um, is it like a spirited away situation where your body is like snatched into a different like? Uh... Yeah, it could be something like that. Um, but you know, there or you know, it could be like a um, because the the it's whose body bo- the body snatchers. So I wonder if it's something that's like 
mixing up consciousnesses between different bodies and then have to like having to go like figure out like oh who's got my body now and it's, it's okay uh, yeah maybe it's, it's like yeah these these former body snatchers like this whole big group of them uh now they're all mixed up because they all got switched bodies amongst themselves right oh yeah yeah maybe yeah maybe it was like maybe it's a you know um a learning uh, through penance thing like they were these body snatchers and then um you know once uh you know they got like cursed by a witch to suffer the same fate that they inflicted on others and you know have to go yeah now it's the like the only body i want to snatch is my own <laughs> yeah yeah do you see any of the body snatchers in here um i like rink wrath <laughs> Rink Raff is good. I think he's like Sounds a, like he's a petty hockey criminal. loving guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jill, aka Jughead, because I'm I'm imagining these as like a kind of like a band of of you know bumbling criminals. Yeah, um, for some reason, and so Jill, aka Jughead, is is another um might might work there too. Um, I like the uh, the partners in crime, Wiki Wanks and Snooky. Wiki Wanks and Snooky. I am. So, there's so many of these. I think that one was from Talk to Transformers, so I'm less worried about it. But there, I can't tell you how many of these I took off of GPT two and put them on the list, and then checked my my data set and found out they were real Doctor Seuss characters. He um, didn't make a character called Wiki Wanks. I don't think he did. That's actually Julian Assange's OnlyFans account. liked that <laughs> so yeah we've got wiki wanks and snooky rink raff and uh jill aka jughead yeah there's yeah. four of them even number we'll switch them up yeah yeah they all got yeah switched between them and chaos ensues chaos ensues i think to to maximally confuse things snooky is in wiki wanks's body but one of yeah. the other ones is in snooky's body Okay. So yeah. it's not even like the old partners in crime are together and like she has to learn to interact with like her old self, but right. she can't get back to her body until everyone's been like back to their body. Right. Yeah. What does that teach kids? Like, you know, uh, think about what you're doing because a witch might curse you with an ironic fate. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of children's stories that are like, don't yeah. don't be a shithead or else a witch might curse you. Yeah, I think that's right. I think like that's the point of like all moral stories, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, there's You'll powerful forces that you. will. Yeah, exactly. By the, by, in the form of, of a witch. Yeah. Oh, witch, yeah. What else? What else you got? So many years before the Sandra Bullock movie, um, yes. in which she, you know, helps a young football player uh, have a, a safe home during high school. The Blind Side was actually yeah. a book by uh, Dr. Seuss, and it was about something yeah. completely different. Yeah, it was about something completely different. Um, what, what was it about? This was about how, like, you know, above ground, uh, everyone is, you know... There, there's plenty of different kinds of people. There's people that can see. There's people that are blind. There's lots mm -hmm. of, there's a lot of variety. Yeah. But below ground, that's the blind side. The oh. blind mole people who live oh. in complete darkness. Um, oh, and they, okay. they also have just, you know, a thriving economy, uh, mm -hmm. their own culture, uh, yeah, history, all that sort of thing. And it's, uh, it's different, but it's it's no better or worse. It's yeah. there's no value judgments about the blind side. 
I like a I like a, a hidden underworld story. Um yeah, that's fun. Um, I like. Um, I feel like blindfolded bonsai would lend itself uh, very well to being a character. Yeah, in, I think that's like the main character that like yeah. comes from the above world and joins mm-hmm. the blind side by mm-hmm. becoming blindfolded. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, ooh, I feel like the Snoop group might fit in here some somewhere. I oh yeah, that, that sounds like either. I mean, I don't think there's criminal gangs on the blind side. I think they're. Uh, I think things are utopia. together down there. So I oh. think that more sounds like a band. Uh the the um I would like to inform you that the um in the the original data set Snoop Group does come from Herkheimer Sisters, the Hinklehorn Honkers and the Hop Soup Snoop Group. Yeah, that, I think that's just like all the bands that are playing at the uh jazz club when <laughs> oh, okay. when blindfolded bonsai goes there. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was it? The Hinklefoot sisters? The, I mean, these are the real ones from real oh. Dr. Seuss. They're from the data set. You got me. <laughs> oh, they're called the Snoop group because they all look like Snoopy. This was when Dr. Seuss was just copying every other children's right, media. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. all look like Snoopy, the, the dog from the Peanuts, because they're wearing like dark sunglasses. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, how does this result? Like, I mean, yeah, what's the moral of this one? Like, is it just a learning that, you know, different cultures are different kind of thing yeah i think that's it that like you know there's cultures you might not even know about but they're they're rich and valid too what about soundo fish that also i'm i feel like these are all fucking real soundo fish is also is is like the uh the club manager at like the Mm. jazz club i feel like it's like an echolocation uh uh fish (laughs) like a fish that uses uh uh, I thought it was just like around. an Irish last name, Soundo Fish. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that too. That's his, yeah, that's his name, but also yeah. he does echolocation and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Love that. The blind side. Um, Want to do one more each? What do you think um, I'm going to get you, sucker? was about? <laughs> um, again, but years before the, uh, maybe that's actually the year. I think it was a Wayans Brothers movie. I don't know. Again, Dr. Seuss was completely out of ideas, so right, yeah. he just That's found titles about, of yeah. films he didn't like and then made them himself. Um, in this one, I don't know, I think it's probably like a a hitman or something. I didn't know this was an actual movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a 1988 Wayans Brothers movie. I feel like uh, Mr. Mister Don't Leak sounds like some kind of story about like... Like, I don't know, Watergate. Uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people buy the book thinking it's, yeah, about like a a spy, like criminal espionage type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's actually about, you know, the guy from the Flex Seal commercials? No. <laughs> oh, no. Someone's laughing at that joke. There's like the infomercial of like this like sticky tape stuff that you can put on like a, he like puts it on like a leaky boat. Oh, he has, okay. like a fish tank yeah. and slaps it on there. I yeah, see this. That's guy. Mr. Don't Leak. Mr. Don't Leak. Okay, yeah. So this is a this is a commercial of a book or it's about uh his life or Yeah, no, it's about it's a little bit of both. He paid for this to be made, but it's right, like okay. it's about his life and like what being a TV pitchman for a sticky tape is all about. Yeah, okay. So what um <laughs> who are some other characters in his life? I've just found uh... his name is Phil Swift. Phil Swift might be his uh, his actual professional name, but he right. he goes by that. So that's his real name. 
Um, and then he's when he starts working in, you know, ads, he goes by Soapy Cooper. Soapy Cooper. Okay. Okay. Is that, does he do a kind of like OxyClean kind of thing too? Or that's just. Yeah. Weird? I mean, he, he figured that that was like the hot infomercial when he was hitting the scene. Right. So. Yeah. So honestly, it doesn't even, he doesn't even necessarily have to have any kind of cleaning product on his resume. But if his name is Soapy Cooper, he's going to, you know, he hopes that people are going to assume that that's his background, you know, that he's been through all of the, you know, the sham wow kind of thing. And yeah. The OxyClean. And, and he, now and his, he's on to um, bigger things like Flexi. His title on his business card says, The Tube Spitter. The tube spitter. <laughs> it's very, yeah, that's very attractive. Um, uh, oh, yeah. And that's just because he used to live in London and <laughs> was uh, deported uh-huh. for spitting on the tube too much. They th- that that offense is punishable by deportation. And thank God it is. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. I was I was just shocked that you know I I wouldn't have assumed that there was that much much justice in the world, but I'm glad to hear it. Some of his products are actually on this list too. There's a oh okay the uh his the first thing he tried to sell was when he was going by Soapy Cooper. It was called the Beast from the Laundromat. Oh, it was like a reusable Tide Pod that you could just like leave at the laundromat and like <laughs> a reusable Tide Pod. Would it yeah. just like it would be like a big jawbreaker? It would just kind of like it wouldn't you know yeah yeah entirely deplete after one use. Yeah, every time you used it, it would like be a little smaller and a different color. Um, that's why it was called the Beast. It would like pretty right, much yeah. fill the the whole uh, tub right. of the <laughs> washing machine. So the first time you use it, you could really only wash like one pair of pants. But then you know the yeah. more you use it, it it you know it's worth it in the end. It's honestly it's it's economical. That's that's what he was trying to tell people. Uh, his next product was called Spotted Atrocities. What did they do? <laughs> Uh, it's just these like weird polka dotted pants that you can like get as like a joke oh. gift for people or like spotted atrocities. <laughs> yeah, it was um, trying to capitalize on like when Crocs were like kind of in fashion, ironically because they're ugly. Yeah, I feel. And then he had that kind of whole um, that that snack line, and that was ginger cracker oddball and nibbles. Oh yeah. You know, it's like a, it's the four tastes, sweet, savory, salty, and spicy, and sour. Yeah, wait, which, yeah, so it's ginger, cracker, oddball, and nibbles. So ginger, spicy. Yeah. Cracker, salty. Yeah. Oddball. We'll save that one. <laughs> okay, nibbles. Sweet. Sweet. So oddball, oddball has is to both be... savory and uh, bitter. Okay. Wait, what's the difference between salty and savory? Or it's like, you know, umami. Oh, uma. Okay, yeah. Yeah, oddball is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, it was like this snack mix of four different things in there. And so like, what? Yeah, I want like. There was oh, yeah. It wasn't separate products. It was one bag yeah, that had all of those in Yeah, it was a snack mix. There. Yeah, it was a snack mix of all the, all the tastes. Um, so, yeah, there was some like dried ginger um you know some little like Chex mix crackers kind of things um what were the nibbles and the oddballs uh, but we'll chocolate say that. chips were the nibbles and the oh, oddball was okay. just a bouillon cube why don't i hate the idea of eating a bouillon cube <laughs> i i wish i knew why you didn't hate it <laughs> yeah it's i i would do it 
Was, did he have any other products on here? I think I saw one, um, but I forget it now. Uh, uh, oh, weasel fiddlers. Weasel fiddlers. Okay. Are those like t- p- pest repellent or not? Or no, is that no. entertainment? Remember, uh, remember the uh, Billy Big Mouth Bass, the fish that oh, would like sing songs on uh, I love that. So they were like a little like um like those Hallmark snowmen kind of thing that will like yeah exactly for four it was little, just a little weasel kind fiddlers. of tchotchke you'd put on like your oh, you know uh, on a table. And it was I a bunch of weasels that. with stringed instruments. What would they sing? What would they play? They they would uh, play the whole song of the devil went down to Georgia. That is what I had in mind. Yeah. <laughs> love that oh my god and there would be like a squeaky voice for the whole thing where it's like you play a pretty good fiddle son <laughs> but i'm gonna tell you what i love that actually you know what i would hope i what i would want is that you know they're they're all played in the fiddle but like you know some of them do different like vocal parts and like most of them are squeaky but there's one like incongruous bass uh voiced weasel i think that would just be you know funny juxtaposed it with the the weasel yeah. voices um, honestly this would be adorable and i, would, I know I would i'm really it. into it <laughs> <Weasel fiddlers. laughs> um yeah so that was uh yeah this was a whole um <laughs> You know, I have to say, this book feels more like a catalog than it does a story of this guy's life. It's it's a combination like biography and yeah, and, and it the has back like page, the prices and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel this more than great, anything uh... that this has been not necessarily creating a new Doctor Seuss for the time, but uncovering a lost Doctor Seuss that was lost for a good reason. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think too that uh that was that was the sort of book. Most of these books you might get for like a little kid for like their birthday or Christmas. Right. Yeah. That was the one you were meant to get their parents for like right. Thanksgiving, so the parents could then order <laughs> these products at Christmas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This was from a time when Thanksgiving presents were more prevalent too. Yeah. This was the the one present that you the would one get. Yeah. Pre- yeah. Mister Don't Leak. Mister Don't Leak. I forgot. And what you would the say, I hope your turkey was. doesn't leak this year. You would say that. Put some um, freaking flex seal on the <laughs> cavity so the stuffing doesn't come out. Um, they say you should not uh, 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 deep fry a flex sealed turkey. I almost said <laughs> it will blow up. I almost said, but hard, it will not leak. I almost said hard boil. <laughs> a hard, hard boiled boil turkey, turkey sucks. Oh um, man, soft boiled turkey. <laughs> Much worse. <laughs> well, you don't want the Scrambled inside to be turkey. a little soft still. Uh, <laughs> Devil um, turkey. <laughs> poached turkey. It's the same thing. You boil it, but you just take all the skin off first. <laughs> um, did you what do you do with all the skin? Uh, crisp it up. Eat it. Crisp it up. Um... Do you have uh, one last one last book you wanna you wanna go into? Yeah, I think uh, th- this was kind of along the same lines, but the the other kind of product placement book, mm. Wheaties non GMO cast members collection. Okay, so was this like a collection of like cereal mascots? Yeah, it and it reviewed kind of. So this book was actually about like gmos and like it was kind of rallying against them and like Mm. reviewing all of the cereals that were non-gmo 
that do have mascots also. I'm assuming yes, that's yeah. what the cast members is referring to. Yeah, yeah. Cast members of cereal boxes must be yes. mascots. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's a shame we just used ginger cracker oddball and nibbles. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they, that there's there's a lot of different, um, you know, like uh, licensed cereals. And I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if there was a cereal based off of the snack mix itself, which honestly wasn't different. It was just instead of it coming in a bag, it was in a box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you could you could get the ginger cracker oddballs and nibble cereal. Um and they were a non GMO cereal, yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like um this could oh, what do you what kind of cereal do you think little moon dogs would be? Um, you know like devil dogs, like the chocolate cake with like whipped cream oh, inside. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This was along the line of like, you know, uh Oreo cereal and Reese's okay. Puff cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there I mean Likewise the the other mascot for all of these cake based cereals was just cake maker cake maker yeah I I he immediately came to mind as like a the king from Candyland kind of vibe okay, to me yeah. for some reason cake maker is what you name your character when the word baker turns out to be trademarked <laughs> right yeah um did your mom ever let you have horny duck cereal <laughs> no no she wasn't uh, you didn't big have on, a- uh, chicken duck no she wouldn't let us have really um you know really sugary cereals which i assume she wouldn't let us have really horny cereals (laughs) that either i mean they were all sugary i i I never assumed it had anything to do with the horniness i always assumed it was everything to do with the sugar yeah horny duck cereal was just you know it was just cheerios but shaped like ducks but it it made you horny yeah chick and duck Not and it's it's like one of the tongue twisters that if you say chick and duck a bunch right. you'll accidentally say dick which will just right. make you horny yeah. again exactly it'll just make you horny again spider and the other spiders could have been a cereal yeah this was like count chocula and yeah like blueberry. exactly yeah um yeah but and it's like there's spite like the cereal pieces are um are are spiders but then there's also marbits that are also shaped like spiders so and they they just got really uncreative with it and made it spiders and other spiders <laughs> exactly I like that idea that, like, <laughs> you know, Lucky Charms, the gimmick is that there's a bunch of different shapes. Our cereal's gimmick, all the same shape. All the same shape. Yeah. Um. There there are some things on this list that we haven't gotten into but don't fit into the cereal. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really upset we never got to the twanging druids because I, I really like the idea of of them. Um, I think that's actually a competing product to weasel fiddlers. Mm, oh yeah okay and, and these they... are little druids with banjos yeah i love that oh man i love that so much um <laughs> yeah any other cereals um we should do cereals sometime have we ever done that yeah oh i should do like a cereal real net next sometime yeah 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 put that in my pocket and smoke in my it. pocket <laughs> put that in your pocket and smoke it later <laughs> that has like some uh like another god complex cock it and pull it pocket and smoke it it's going down, down uh yeah no i think we're i think we're pretty much uh tapped yeah, out on cereals so that was, here but... yeah very um 
the 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 hidden career of uh, of Dr. Seuss that um you know I feel like I feel like when with someone that prolific um you know he wrote a lot of a lot of books and a lot um, of shit a lot of shit but that's the thing imagine how many of like the most prolific authors have just also written just like tons of shit that has just never made it to the light of day oh and, yeah like uh, we often open up the Disney vault there's a reason yeah. we don't open up like the Dr. Seuss exactly. vault or like the A.A. Yeah. A. Milne vault right yeah you don't want to um, see what's in the berenstain vault <laughs> no. um uh yeah so that's you know that's that's that on on the 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 dr seuss vault and we're gonna lock it back up and put it away forever until, yeah forever so this was a once in a lifetime uh sneak peek same as it ever was um <laughs> this is not my beautiful dr seuss <laughs> Happy, happy Dr. Seuss Day, everybody. I'm Rod Serling. Happy Seuss Day. And uh, yeah, once again, those were created using Max Wolf's GPT Simple, GPT2 Simple, and Talk to Transformer. And um, yeah, that's all. We, uh, If you'd like to get into contact with us, tell us your favorite um, lost Dr. Seuss book from your lost childhood. Because <laughs> um, everyone has that, right? Like you had the childhood that you actually had and then you have this like alternate universe childhood that you're aware of where, you know, everything went differently at your, your lost childhood. Um, and uh, Yeah, recovered memories. You guys yeah. all have those, right? Tell, tell us about those. We want to hear. Um, and you can do that at our email address if you want. That's robots at backcamp.org. You can also tweet at us at robot typewriter. And you can listen to our theme song <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> and uh, that song is Video Challenge by Anamanaguchi. And if you need some weekend reading, uh, if this podcast wasn't enough for you, why don't you check out uh, one last Dr. Seuss book, I'm Not Stiller, where he just complains <laughs> that people keep mistaking him for Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah, that I rem- Yeah, I mean, like, you look at them back to back. They're they're practically their backs look exactly alike. Ba- then that's the problem. It's like people kept thinking it was Ben Stiller from the back. Um, but then from the front, they think he's Jerry Stiller. Right. <laughs> Just because he's older. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's got to be confusing for a guy. I'm also mad that we never got Steve the supporter out in characters. Was he a character yeah, I kept in the thinking in, for I'm like every Stiller. single one that he belonged. <laughs> and I thought like something better would come up. Um, Steve the supporter was he and I'm not stiller he was the only guy who didn't who, who was like no you you clearly look nothing like any of the stillers man I promise I promise yes, exactly yeah Steve the real friend yeah <laughs> that's what he called him yeah Steve the supporter was a character based off of a guy in Dr. Seuss's real life called Steve the real friend 